0: Choosing a partner to help you achieve success in your business or personal finances is a big decision. You need a devoted advisor who's experienced and attentive and invested in helping you accomplish your goals. Hey, you know what that sounds like? Brady Marts. Brady Marts knows that you got a lot of options to choose from, but we're confident that Brady Marts is the right accounting firm for you. they got more than a half a century of experience making everyday count through tax, accounting, audit, and business advisory services, so... Contact Brady Marks to learn more about their unique solutions that they can provide you and your nonprofit. Your organization is awesome, but sometimes you want to be even awesomer. It's time to get your fundraising on with your host, fundraising expert and author, Patrick Kirby. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kirby. And of course, we talk with people who are going to help our small and medium sized nonprofits do good better. Sometimes those individuals who help us do good better work at small and medium sized Nonprofit organizations, which is exactly the case of uh, who we're chatting with today, which is uh, Jill. She's the administrator over at St. Gerards. And if you don't know what St. Gerards is, it's a long-term care facility, a little bit south of where I live. And um, one one of A, one of my favorite human beings in the entire world. Uh, B, one of my favorite organizations I've ever gotten the opportunity to work with. And we get to go highlight them today. Jill, welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. Thank you very much. I'm excited to chat with you today play A, catch up and uh, B, learn about all of the awesome things that are going on with you. But first, if people are scrolling through iTunes or Spotify, yeah, you're going to be on iTunes. So that's kind of cool. And YouTube, and they want to know a little bit more about what St. Gerard's is. Why don't you give a 5,000 foot view on who you are, what you do and why we're talking today?
1: We are a rural, small, skilled facility, skilled nursing home in Hankinson, North Dakota, at the very edge of Minnesota-South Dakota border, and we provide skilled nursing care around the clock. We also have a child care and preschool within, under our umbrella or under our roof, and also have an independent living unit. So we provide care for those who are not able to stay at home themselves anymore and, and need that in extra help or supervision. We also can help people recover after surgery or illness just to get them back on their feet. Um, We are able to provide physical therapy, occupational, and speech therapy right here under the same roof and um, help people get strong and go back home.
0: One of the things I've always loved about your organization is the list of things you don't do is way shorter than the list of things that you do Uh, for the community. I always found that fascinating. Would it always start out as an inclusive? We can be, you know, the place for healing and hope and health in, uh, in Hankinson, or did it start small
1: and grow big? We, um, back in the day, I, I, it was well before my time. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1953, um, the first hospital was started, and. A couple years later, I guess five years later, they added a pediatric unit and an addition onto that. Um, And in 1969, they built a new two-story hospital. And at that time, then they started long-term care in the old hospital part. Um, Started out as 19 skilled beds in 1969 and remodeled it. To 23 beds in 1974. Then when it was hard to get doctors, you know, to, um, to be in the hospital, they decided that they were going to close the hospital and just focus on the skilled aspect of it. So they again remodeled and made it into a 33 bed nursing home, adding additional beds in 1992. We started our childcare in 1997, because we had employees who didn't have any childcare around here. That's how it originally started, um, was just so that we could get more people, you know, to work. Um, And it's been a need ever since the preschool was added in 2011. So And then our independent living kind of just evolved from there and has been here, it seems like forever, you know, as part of that.
0: I think one of my favorite things about living in North Dakota in general is that if there is an issue or there is a gap in services, somebody's going to figure out a way to fill it. Like (laughs) like my employees, you know, they don't have childcare, so we're going to build one for them. Mm -hmm. Or there's not enough long-term care in this region because we're very rural. Okay, we're just going to build that too. Like that's kind of the route that Mm -hmm. most people take. And within that, from like the 1950s all the way through now, I bet you've had a couple of success stories, a couple of things that just make you go, oh, that's why we do this. Mm -hmm. Is there a moment or is there one that sticks out in particular that you go back to when it's stressful and there's fundraising to do and there's staffing issues galore? Is there a one story that you just go back to, you know, this is why we do what we do?
1: You know, I can't um, say that it's just one. I would say that it is several that being like, now I can go out to the grocery store or to the post office or whatever and see our success stories um whether it be that we help somebody get back on their feet and they were so grateful and they didn't know all the things that went on under our roof how many things that we had to look at to care for that individual as a whole um that's one success and unfortunately if we're at dealing with end of life issues we can be that rock that support and although it's it's sad we can make that that person be honored at end of life and be there for that family so seeing that family member in the community is fantastic it's very rewarding um our our job is very difficult but it can be very rewarding our residents turn into our extended family which has been quite true uh during the pandemic you know when we when cms had indicated that we couldn't have visitors you know oh my goodness that was terrible that was hard i see the need you know because we have to protect our residents during the pandemic but it was it was challenging for for us as staff for residents for families and i think
0: long term care got hit the most with the Restrictions that led to loneliness and mental health issues galore for individuals who thrive on visitations and, uh, and the perspective and the, you know, the other people to come to visit. Was there one piece or what was the most challenging part over the last two years that St. Gerard's has experienced and how on earth did you conquer that particular challenge?
1: Well, um one of the hardest things was keeping our residents safe, keeping that coronavirus COVID-19 out of our building. Um we were successful for a long time. In January of 21, we did have um a few cases. We ended up with only five cases and Please God, knock on wood, we haven't had any resident cases since. But I remember when I had that first case, it was, I just cried. It was like I was letting these residents down, our staff down, our community down. Um, But we came through it. I saw how our staff pitched in and really worked as a team um, like none other. And it was fantastic. Without our core people here, our employees, we never would have been able to keep our residents as safe as we did.
0: It's the unsung heroes of this entire thing have been the staffing members of individual organizations exactly like yours. Um, and I think when people hear this and they want to learn more about, you know, sort of what Saint Gerards does in the middle of Hankinson, North Dakota, this needs to be researched. And I need to go look at more things. How on earth do people get a hold of you? And um, how can we go and give people a whole bunch of money like yourself?
1: <laughs> we uh, have a website, SaintGerards.org, so you can find our employment opportunities, what we're doing for COVID measures. Um, you can see pictures of our staff, of our residents interacting with staff. And we also have a wish list on there. Any donations are welcome. You can call. Um, We're in the phone book. We are on the website. We would love to visit with anyone and just share our story. Um, I kind of, lost my
0: train of thought there. I love it. You said everything that needed to be said. And We're going to have all the links in the show notes. And I think as a parting shot to everybody listening today. And if you're a nonprofit leader, if you're working in the, in the long-term care uh, facility, or if you're with, you're talking about basic needs or residential um, uh, programs and services, you've been doing this a very long time. And you've experienced uh, the good, the bad, the everything in between. Is there a piece of advice for somebody who is a fundraiser, or marketer, or a nonprofit leader within long-term care? Is there a piece of advice that you could give somebody based on your experience and your um, your sort of being and seeing boots on the ground? How to stay positive? How to interact better? Uh, what is that piece of advice that you would give?
1: I think the the overall thing that I would say is be honest, be truthful, be open. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even when it's something bad or something that is less than desirable that you wouldn't have wanted to happen, if you're upfront and you share that and hide it or don't hide it and say, this is what it is, we're working to make it better, or, whatever the situation that's going to go a long way that that will tell people that we are genuine we are true we are human and then they're they're more likely to want to join us and and to support our work that we do
0: i love it it's fantastic advice go visit everybody at saint gerard's go say hi from our friends here at Do Good Better Consulting. And I really thank you so much for for what you do. Thanks for your consistency. Thanks for your, your help and for your care within the community and the, especially the rural areas who uh, sort of get overlooked by some of the bigger cities. So what you do is so important. Thanks, Jill, uh, for all you do. But thank you so much for being a guest on the official Do Good Better podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: Look, as someone who listens to the show, you know that I love helping small and medium-sized nonprofits. That's why we bring on the awesome experts and guests that get to talk to you about how to make your organization more awesome. So I've got a deal for you. I would like to help you. I would like to work with you. So if you're go-to dogooduniversity.com, that's dogooduniversity.com and you register for one of the courses, I'm going to send you my best-selling book, Fundraise Awesomer, a practical guide to staying sane while doing good for free, because I really want you to do amazing work. Listen, dogooduniversity.com. Go pick out something, whether it's a board training or a gratitude training or whatever webinar you want to choose. Um, Use the promo code podcast. Take 25% off of anything that you purchase and... I'm going to throw in a book as well, because I want you to do awesome, I want you to do awesomer, and I want you to do good better. Go to dogooduniversity.com today.